You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode 118. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Jen Snyder, the host of Creating Your Own Path, and each week I share conversations with those working in various creative industries. We cover a lot of ground on this show, but the ultimate goal is to unearth the stories of others so that we can uncover and better understand our own. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. So we're back with another three-part series, and this one is pretty special because I am interviewing someone who was a part of Creating Your Own Path before it was a podcast. Way back in 2013, I interviewed the very talented Anne Dittmeyer for what I'll call CYOP 1.0. It was a Q&A series on my blog, and it was a written interview series, and it was before I fell in love with audio. You can still find that episode, actually, by heading to season one at creatingyourownpath.com. I've got them all linked up at the very bottom. If you're not familiar with Anne's work, she is an American living in Paris who has also recently become a French citizen, and she is an educator, designer, writer, traveler, and even a tour guide. Since it had been so long since I had interviewed Anne, I wanted to have the opportunity to chat with her on the show and see how her career has progressed. Today, I'm talking with Anne about how she has been able to successfully build a creatively fulfilling business across many different mediums and platforms. As you can tell, as I listed off all of her work, she does a lot of different things, and her work also shows up across many, many different platforms and outlets. In the episode, you'll hear Anne chat about how living in France and the constraints that it put on her work situation ultimately made her more creative, how she decides what platforms to use to showcase and provide access to her work, and why she's never wanted to blog for a living, even though her blog is well-known and well-established. And before we get to the show, I have to tell you that Anne mentions a ton of resources in this episode, and like always, I've done my best to link up to them over in the show notes at creatingyourownpath.com, so head there after you listen to the show. Okay, let's get to Anne. (laughs) For those who are listening um, who maybe haven't been following my work for very long, um, We've already sort of done this before. I interviewed you in a written Q&A for my blog before Creating Your Own Path was actually a podcast. And I'm going to ask you a question that I asked you back then, since that was nearly four years ago, by the way, (laughs) uh, which is really hard to wrap my head around. But so the question is, when people ask you what you do for a living, how do you generally respond? This is the hardest question anybody could ask me, and I struggle with it on a daily basis. But I've kind of come to the conclusion that all my work is around travel, design, and education. So it can exhibit itself in many different ways, written, design, um, consultations, just anything that doing things in a non-traditional way. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not one thing or another, but it's definitely a mix of things and Uh, a unique niche, I guess. Yeah. And it, um, the reason I wanted to ask you again is because you were kind of in this, like figuring it out phase. You like almost had it figured out, (laughs) but you were still trying to figure out how to answer that question. And so I was curious how it would be different. So um, yeah, I I meant to look at my responses again. (laughs) I was like, let's just go fresh. No, you're Um, good. Yeah. Four years ago, I would have just been finishing grad school or new to starting my own business. And that's how I stayed in France. So it definitely was more of a transition period. But it goes to say, like, 
all of life is a transition period. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like it just keeps happening. We all evolve, right? So um, so thank you for asking that really difficult question because I have trouble answering that question when people ask me. So, yeah. <laughs> um, But one thing I've really liked um, about watching your career has been your ability to do many, many things across many platforms at, while still kind of fitting it under that umbrella of like design thinking and visual communication and um, like you said, education and all of that stuff. So do you ever find the sheer number of ways that you can be creative daunting? I mean, do you ever feel like it's daunting or may, or do you feel like it's freeing, like you have all these options? Which one is it for you? I feel like it's pretty invigorating and it's weird to be kind of at the most established point in my career, like the oldest I've been and have the most professional experience, but still be discovering all these new worlds. So around the holidays of last year, I discovered this whole world of coaching and I did some online creativity coaching training. So I was like, let me just add one more thing to the mix. <laughs> but like, it's kind of exciting because it's like when you fall into the internet for something for good and it's not a frustration, but you discover this you know, field or domain or something that's been out there for a long time, but it's like new to you. Um, so I've just been following down a lot of really good rabbit holes and, um, it's been really exciting. So it's slightly daunting, but I kind of feel like how can I take pieces from a lot of different fields and recombine them into the work I want to do? Yeah. And so, you know, I'm curious about the, you said it was around the holidays last year that you found this creativity coaching class. Was it a class you said? Yeah, well, I had, it was weird. I'd found a job posting of, you know, you get random emails it's yeah. through business of fashion and it was for a talent coach position. It was really interesting. And I was like, wow, like I had no idea that was even a job. And I clicked on it. I had friends here and I kept talking about it. And I was like, what, what am I talking about? And then I looked into it and I looked did, like, I'm really big into research now. So I was like, let me see who's already working as a coach. And like the two people who are already working as a coach in that like for that company, like one of them is who does this online creativity coaching training. So I was like, why not? So, you know, even if that job didn't work out, like I discovered this whole other realm, made new contacts, um, learned new things. So yeah, which is really cool. So it's it's good. I mean, I kind of uh, go back and forth in terms of feeling like I have so many ideas and there are so many ways to execute on those ideas. Oh, yeah. And then, um, and then on the other side, I just feel, like you said, invigorated. That's a great word to use. It feels like, oh, my gosh, the possibilities are endless in a good way. So <laughs> I know it's a hard, like, line to walk. Yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest challenge is simplifying things and clarifying them because that's what design is. Like, the best designs look the simplest. Mm. But it's all about, like, carving away at the stuff that's not necessary and, you know, so many articles we write can be so verbose, but it's how do you get your message across more succinctly and especially as people have shorter attention spans with the internet. And so making sense of things and more and more I'm having to explain what design is to people. And it's like these things that we're so used to, it's like, it's actually really hard to be able to teach something and explain it. So it's been a good exercise yeah. um, processing everything I do. That's a really, and I've heard that before that uh, teaching something is like the best way to figure out what the hell you're doing. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you have to explain it to somebody else, 
that's usually exactly. kind of like it just all boils down to the the essence of whatever it is. So, um, so I have a question from Annabelle, who also happens to be a dear friend and a po- a past podcast guest. So she writes: These days, it seems like business advice is all about narrowing, finding your niche. Uh, or your one thing, but as a multi-passionate person, I often find myself pulled in many directions, don't we all? So it seems her work, meaning you, Anne, in all of its facets, <laughs> has a common thread, but I'd love to hear from her about how she developed and why she maintained all of these different avenues to make money. Um, so for me, again, it's not finding that one thing. I think it's been realizing I have three things mm. um, and being okay with that. I also really enjoy the different things I do. So, you know, I guess traditional society is like, you have to do one thing. I was like, why can't I do everything? Um, You know, I give tours of Paris, but I have no desire in making that a full-time tour business and be at the whims of tourism industry and get mainstream. I like the little niche I have there. And um, I kind of started doing those four years ago and it (laughs) helped me survive Um, when I was fresh out of grad school, but now I really enjoy the person-to-person contact. And I think there's something when you're like starting your business or right after school figuring out, you think you have to work more to get to the next level, but actually being able to unplug is the best thing you can do. And so giving tours and walking around the city and finding inspiration in real life is the best thing I could have done. So it's kind of a rewiring of what we think we're supposed to do. Skillshare was an opportunity that came about to me because I started following everybody who worked at Skillshare on Twitter. I mean, this is like maybe five years ago, I guess. It was the um, early days of Skillshare. Yeah, and of Twitter was different. But still, like, I use Twitter to research interesting people, like, if they're at a conference or if I'm at a conference and see who's speaking. But so I just started following everybody at the company, and then they recruited me to teach So <laughs> because they had seen like my profile by clicking over from my Twitter profile. So it's like you never know what can happen. So that just seemed like a really interesting opportunity. Like had no idea that was going to be how things like that map making class was going to take off. And that's actually how the two of us know each other because you were one of my like very engaged students and it was great. And it was a atmosphere and community in that class. I was never able to create my other recreate my other classes, but people had this, thank you. Yeah. People just had like this love of maps. Um, And then another person I discovered in this, learning that coaching is this whole industry is Samantha Clark and she is a happiness consultant out of the UK and she has a great podcast too. Um, and she had written something about, um, what is it? Portfolio careers. And I think I was looking at her website and then she had her press and this article in Forbes and it was all about like, you know, expanding your portfolio to do lots of different kinds of work. And for me, it's more dynamic and more interesting And then the final person I'll reference, again, I discovered later, so it's like I kind of, not that I felt like it was crazy, I definitely felt like I'm different in my trajectory the whole time, but to be like, wow, I'm not alone in this world, is um, Emily Wapnick, I believe is her name, and she just has a new book called How to Be Everything, and it's about multi-potentialites, and she has a really great TED Talk, and so it's not about you have to be this or this, it's how to really thrive as this, this, and this. So it's all a reframing of what we think we're supposed to be. 
Yeah, and I so appreciate you kind of listing off all those resources. I'll make sure to link up to them in the show notes um, because all of those things really resonate with me um, because I feel the same way, which is I think why I feel so connected to you because I'm like, yes, girl, do all the things. (laughs) If you want (laughs) to do the things, do the things. Um, But you don't have to do all the things either, you know. But that's why I've kind of enjoyed following your careers because it seems like you have figured out a way to sort of reframe things. And yeah. So, and go ahead. Can I add one more thing? Because it's actually the fact that I'm Amer- American living in France. When I finished grad school, in order to stay in France, I started my own business. And I didn't have the right to work in France. So I had to get creative. And so it was those creative constraints that like really pushed me to where I wanted to be, ironically, because um, I wasn't allowed to have like a typical job or anything. So, um, you know, it's anything that you're like, oh, this sucks. Like it can either suck or you can do something awesome with it. <laughs> right. And, um, you know, others might not have those particular creative constraints, but, um, but I think that any sort of constraint where. Yeah. It, it can be any to, form. Yeah. It forces you to kind of, um, what's that analogy about diamonds? <laughs> they only, ha- <laughs> they only happen under pressure or something like that. Um, but yeah, you kind of, um, it, it forces your brain to think, outside of what maybe you would normally do if you were, um, say, a little more comfortable. Or like for in your 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 case, um, you were able to get a job in France. Um, yeah. So I have a question about all of the different platforms. And this is kind of a almost a logistics question. So uh, for example, you have taught in the classroom setting, right? You, um, you worked mm-hmm. at Parsons. Do you still work at Parsons? Um, so I taught a class there, I guess, four years ago, ago called the designer entrepreneur. And it was everything I wished I learned in school. And then from that class, I fell into the role of communications manager, which I did for three and a half years. And I just stepped down like two weeks ago. Oh my gosh. Okay. So wow. Breaking there's a whole news. new chapter. So yes, there is a lot of breaking news. Um. <laughs> too busy to share anything on social media. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, so, but you also, like you said, you, you have classes on Skillshare and then mm-hmm. um, you also used a third party site to make a name for yourself as a Paris tour guide, but you've also started offering tours that can be booked directly through your site. So I'm talking about the platforms here. And if yes. people want to find your Paris tours, it's navigateparis.com, correct? Yes. Okay. And it's so cute. I cannot wait to get to Paris so we can actually like hug in person and go on a tour. So yes. um, <laughs> I have a lot of fun with everybody who comes on my tours. I am so. sure you do. So how do you decide though when to use a third-party site, say like Skillshare, or to create opportunities on your own platform, like whether it's on your own website or, or like how do you decide where to put the goods? <laughs> That's a tough question, but a lot of it's not an overly thought out, like intentional thing. Skillshare reached out to me. I appreciate it. For me, all the platforms I ever use always have a really good sense of design and graphic design and interface and user experience. So you know, there's some teaching platforms that are more mainstream. Skillshare, I also loved the kind of teachers that they were having. And I felt very honored to be part of that. So that made a lot of sense. And there was a whole community there. And the business model has changed over time. But it was really appealing at the time. And it was always just something extra. It's like, I've never gone into any project and been like, I'm gonna become a millionaire from doing this. Like, I just do what I love. Um, and then I was working with another platform for tours and I realized 
I really wanted just to be my own brand. Over time, they took more of a financial cut from it. Mm. But even though I've gone more on my own with my tours, and my website's on Squarespace, which I love because it's so clean and simple and it's a business account, but anything you're charging with credit card, there's so many credit card fees or PayPal fees. In France, I I have to charge a 20% tax. So, I mean, this is like four years into my tours and I'm only really starting to appreciate like, oh God, you really have to look at every, all the little hidden fees and expenses that go into any business. Um, And there were a lot of great things about the platform I was using that it was automated messages and reminders and the calendar was embedded in it and there are all these amazing tools on the internet but like (laughs) like I can't keep up I'm an organized person but I'm not that organized a lot of times I just like to have pen and paper and a notebook but tracking different businesses and different things so pretty much use google calendar yeah so it's been a mix of things and my blog and a lot of my writing, like people ask you as a blogger to write for free all the time, mm-hmm. pretty much don't do that anymore. And it's like, I have bills to pay. So um, it's different if I'm promoting one of my projects, but I have very little time to write and it's something I want to do more of. But my blog always has been a business card for me. I have no desire to be a bro- pro blogger. I have no desire to have ads and like, make thousands of dollars from it and then have to be like at the whim of like sponsors and advertisers. So for me, my blog is my business card. Like last year I I worked for Louis Vuitton. They wanted somebody who could talk about storytelling and they wanted the travel side. And it's like, I'm not in the luxury world, but that was such an honor for me to be like, wow, my blog is not trying to promote that, but they found me. Yeah, so I use WordPress for my Prêt Voyager blog, and I use Squarespace for andittmeyer.com. So andittmeyer.com tries to synthesize on my projects. I haven't looked at it in about a year, so I probably need to do some more updating. Oh, I think it looks great. <laughs> I know, but there's just it's all nuance. And I've been helping um, a young college student who's an intern in Paris this summer and looking at his website like it looks really good but then I'm just asking him questions so there's all this nuance which is like this this I'm like I'm not being nitpicky and I was like I would do the same thing for myself but you know it's being open to like changing and tweaking and Mm -hmm. it's it's fun it's the fun part too yes and I I feel really lucky in my world to still be able to do that with my own site um Uh you know a lot of times you get to a point where you don't you have to outsource that right but um I I love just sitting there and like figuring out the best way because that's actually part of what I do for a living. It's like content strategy and um, why things live in certain places on the internet. And so I really enjoy doing that for my own site as well. So um, I I, I get you. It's super fun to do it. Um, Yeah. I don't outsource anything web wise. I I bought like a domain that needs to redirect and I thought I was going to hire somebody before (laughs) like three years ago. And then they pulled like, oh, it's super easy. They're a developer. And I was like, oh, man, is this how people feel when I tell them design is super easy? Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Just like that subtle little change. So thank goodness yeah, for Google. I mean, I had like some big ideas, but things take investment. So I like the creative challenge of having to do it myself. And then, I'm, you know, it's not until you test something out to see if it works. So I don't want to have to like change somebody else's mind. And I'd rather it be on my time than theirs. <laughs> Oh, totally. No, I completely agree with that. Um, so you, we ta- started talking about blogging, and so I kind of I have more questions about blogging um, because you mentioned you know 
you don't want to be a pro blogger. You know, I, I can't see you hawking like faucets or <laughs> I don't know, something weird. But um, but, you know, it, it it has become this calling cord. And I, I feel the same way about this show and uh, my little blog that is just like hanging out there. Um, but blogging and sharing your story again across multiple mediums, it's been really crucial to your career. Like you said, people find you that way. And so what advice would you give those who are just like constantly plugging away at something and like sharing good content and doing what they think they're supposed to be doing, but maybe aren't seeing the results they want just yet? Do you have any advice for those? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit less so, but a few years ago, I felt like everything seemed very formulaic and all the same. And if you're a blogger, it has beautiful pictures and scripted type, and this is what it is. And so my attitude is to not feel like you have to fit into a mold, but figure out your niche and your voice. And some of people's favorites posts on my blog, it's not the ones I spent the last time on, it's like my long form writing about French bureaucracy, which if you think about it, there's no more topic more boring than that. But like, I try to write with humor and give a personality and perspective and actually make it a resource for people. So I think it's about finding out what really makes you excited to write and not what you think the industry wants you to do. I know for me personally, I have a desire to write more about like kind of the cultural and experience side about living in France. And I bet my next post is going to be about healthcare and going to the emergency room, like really mundane things in France. Cause I, I really do enjoy writing about that. And I'm like, there are enough people writing about the new Paris hotspots. Like I don't need to be that person. And I find that a little bit exhausting just because you can never catch up. Right. So I think it's really figuring out your voice. And again, for me, it's kind of going back to those core values or messages or I recently had to present myself to some executive master's students and it was such an interesting exercise and reflection and my various experiences and realizing my background in anthropology links to my interest in design thinking now and, you know, putting these pieces together. So I even say like, think back to what interested you as a kid or what got you really excited or your favorite episode of Mr. Rogers, the crayon one. Um, yeah. But anyways, so it's it's kind of going the untraditional path. So, um, and it's also not about numbers. Like, like I said, it's about quality content. When I got hired at Parsons Paris, it was the easiest job interview in my life because like my best friend always says, show, don't tell. And so I don't have to say, I know how to blog like this is my blog you can see it and you can see there's like a work ethic behind it so it's a body of work regardless and there's a whole population of employers always looking to hire that and also like when Louis Vuitton the agency hired me like it was for this type of work I was doing it wasn't because I was an influencer with a million number like million of followers and I think at some point that you know, that bubble is going to burst. But I, I don't really understand the desire and the pressure to be an influencer. Um, I just want to be known for the kind of work I do and for doing quality work and having a personality and like work that you can see something and be like, oh, that must be Anne, one of Anne's projects or something like that. Yeah. And I, I, well, it might just be because I've been following your work for a really long time. So I might be biased, but I can tell when it's you. Does that I mean, make sense? yeah, I mean, thank you. Like, for me, I'm also going to add, like, I'm the swimming pool girl. Like, my thing I was I visited all the <laughs> swimming pools of Paris, which ever since I joined in the gym, I've been cheating on them. Um, and I, like, post about gnomes and, like, 
I only just changed my Twitter profile picture to be a human and not a gnome. But it's okay to be quirky and it's okay to be different. And if somebody said it's not cool, like who cares what they think? Like do what you want to do. Oh my gosh, such excellent advice. Embrace your weird, my friends. If you want to find out more about Anne and her many different types of work, you can find her at anneditmeyer.com and you can find her Pret Voyager blog at P-R-E-T-A-V-O-Y-A-G-E-R.com. And she's also on Instagram at Pret Voyager. And as I said at the top of the show, I linked up to everything we mentioned over in the show notes at creatingyourownpath.com. All right, on to next week's show. I am chatting with Anne about how she handles the ebb and flow of incoming work as someone who works for herself and has so many different sources of income. I feel like one of my bigger stresses is having too much work and feeling guilty for saying no, but learning to say no has been a really, really important lesson. That one is set to go live next week, so stay tuned. Remember, there are several ways to support the show if you enjoy what you hear each week. First, you can rate and review the show on iTunes if that's your jam. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more likely it is that others will find the content when they need to hear it. You can also share the show with your friends, like in real life. I've created this podcast as a free resource for everyone, and I hope that's how you guys see it too. So sharing with the people in your life who might benefit from hearing these stories helps not just me in this show, but also those who you share it with. And the last thing I want to mention is that you can support this show by choosing to purchase items from my online shop whenever you need a gift for someone or you want to get yourself a little something. The money I make through the shop goes right back into sustaining this show and the CYOP Artist Residency. All right, that's it for today. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next week. 